Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You better believe it. We're happy to be here with you at The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth, being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Alex Ben Block, we had told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that we would get him back and talk a little bit more uh, as it relates to uh, some of the events that were happening around the end of the month of January here. So that's what we have done. Invited Alex back. He's out of Los Angeles, of course. Alex is the award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, talk show host, frequent guest on the ad show. He's also senior editor at The Hollywood Reporter and uh, lead editor on the book George Lucas's Blockbusting, published a great acclaim uh, a year ago this month. So we are uh, happy to talk to Alex once again. We know you enjoy uh, the segments that we have with, with Alex and, of course, Ray and Brad here. So, Brad, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing very well. Finally got over... Uh my hangover of a month ago. How about you? <laughs> no hangover. It was uh, it was uh, very little alcohol, and that was a great way to start the brand new year. So I'm happy well, about that. I'm sure that's pretty much I, the same where you are as well. You're probably eating healthy and, and feeling good too. Yeah, I try to lay low on New Year's Eve. I consider it, you know, amateur night to yeah. get in the way of you and me, the professionals. So yeah, <laughs> I like that. By the way, there's the, the show I got to tell you about the the, uh, the Dirty Job Show. The uh, the guy who does that show, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they were making uh, they were making rum. The last show I watched, it was uh, quite interesting to see the process of the manufacture of rum. This is in a little place uh, that you would think out in the middle of the country here, and it's uh, more like a still, uh, but apparently a, a very uh, a classy rum. I wish I could remember the name. I don't. I honestly don't. And I didn't drink hmm. any either. So anyway, hey, by the way. Um, Everybody's going green. We've got electric cars. We've got flying cars, by the way, uh, this year that we'll hope to see uh, start being sold as well. Uh, That's true. Uh, But uh, CBS um, has now something. They're they're basically giving a stamp of approval to eco-friendly television advertisers. An eco-ad visual digital leaf is being put on television commercials for those advertisers that are green. Uh, this is from CBS. The CBS says viewers who see these ads will know the brands are sponsoring environmental projects, solar installations, if energy-efficient uh, retrofits of schools, buildings, and affordable housing. Sponsors that are signed on include Chevrolet. We know that they've got some energy-efficient cars. Safeway, O Organics, SunPower Corp., Boston Scientific, PG&E, Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, uh, let's see, Pacific Coast Termite. There you go. They must use pyrethrin. Uh, Port of Los Angeles and International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers and Avidia Bank as well. So EcoAd provides advertisers uh, with the option of purchasing substantial media with the network deems added value beyond traditional advertising. So if you are one of those advertisers that are green, go knock on CBS's door and get more. What a great idea. Kind of cool, huh? Mm. Very cool. And you know... uh Anything that that helps the uh, 
the green ecology in a legitimate way, I'm all for. Ray, you, you're a big fan, I know, of Jersey Shore and TV personality Snooky. Right, may exactly, not, yeah. She may yeah. not read many books or magazines or newspapers well, for that words. matter. Yeah. Apparently, she's written her own novel, A Shore Thing, which is published recently, and I think it's a great setup for uh, letting everybody know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, <laughs> and now some more legitimate books like Dead or Alive by Tom Clancy or the autobiography of Mark Twain uh, by Mark Twain, the unabridged one, not the one that they're trying to change the words around, or Life. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, Life by uh, Keith Richards, another wonderful book. All three of those, along with 75,000 other titles, are available to download on your iPod or MP3 player simply by going to uh, a special place I'm going to tell you about in just a second. Free audiobook download. Would you like one? How about a 14-day free trial? It's real simple. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash adshow and, da- and sign up for your free 14-day trial offer and it's exclusively an offer for the advertising show listeners one more time audiblepodcast.com slash ad show that's a d not two d's a d s h o w sign up today uh and get your free audiobook download i don't think snooki's on there but certainly you can check well actually she probably is but uh, that's unfortunate okay uh but go ahead and get the book if you'd like anyway and if she's reading her own uh audiobook how would you understand it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, by the way, uh, revenue up. They, they're reporting 2010 ad revenue is up at magazines. First time in three years, so there's an economic indicator, I guess. Magazine industry back on the upswing as advertising revenue grew for the first time in three years. This is according to a Reuters uh, out of New York um, Thanks to automaker, uh, automakers, what they're suggesting. Advertising revenue with consumer magazines rose 3% in 2010. It's, you know, they're, they're surviving about $20 billion, according to data from rate cards compiled by the Publishers Information Bureau, the PIB, I guess. Uh, People magazine published by Time Warner uh, pulled the most uh, ad revenue in 2010, $1 billion. Ad revenue at the Food Network magazine, a joint venture between Hearst and the Food Network, grew the most. 174% in 2010 compared to the prior year. During uh, the 2010 fourth quarter, though, magazine revenue climbed uh, 4%. The revenue growth shows, according to Reuters, that magazines battered by advertising declines that followed the economy are recovering like other media, such as broadcast television. Uh, automotive, which I said is the uh, the big driver there, also uh, driving a rebound in broadcast TV revenue, generated the biggest percentage increase in magazine revenue at twenty one percent. You know, it's it's magazines, and I'm glad to hear uh, and be able to uh, to let you know, according to Reuters here, that uh, things are things are on the upswing once again, and I'm happy to hear that as well. We've got Alex Ben Block uh, coming our way here in just a moment out of uh, Los Angeles. Um, Alex actually uh, this weekend in Miami uh, at the NAPTI uh, convention, not so much a convention, but just a gathering of really cool people. A great place to be as well. So we've got uh, Alex for a few segments and much more to come here at the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Thanks for listening. And right now out of uh, the United Kingdom, the U.K., it's Jeremy Kent. And another uh, look at uh, what's going on over there. Uh, a really great uh, connection here on the Advertising Show. And it's Jeremy with Rachel and Brad Forsyth. Let's listen.
Hello and a very warm welcome to the European News Desk, coming to you from the heart of London. I'm Jeremy Kent. This week, social networks drive brand awareness, a third of consumers now shop via their cell phones, and there's an app for canned food. Forrester research suggests that people it terms connectors on social media networks are driving the most online brand impressions in Europe. The new report, called Using Social Media to Create Mass Reach, the 2011 European Peer Influence Analysis, surveyed 14,000 people across 17 Western European countries. Forrester found that just 4% of European users triggered 80% of brand influence impressions, and again a small percentage of just 11% of people triggered 80% of all the influence posts online. Together, those two groups triggered 120 billion influence impressions about products, services and brands last year. Forrester defines an influence impression as the result of one consumer being influenced directly by another to click onto an online portal for products, services or brands. Forrester has dubbed these influencers mass connectors. On average, they have 425 friend connections across their social networks and are most likely to share their opinions through Facebook. In stark contrast, Forrester found that Twitter hardly registered as a channel for mass connectors and influencers at all. In another report, nearly a third of consumers are shopping via their cell phones, according to new research from 4C. The habits of 10,000 shoppers were monitored as they interacted with the largest online retailers over the Christmas period. 32% of respondents visited an e-commerce site and 47% used them to compare prices. In store, some 67% of people used their phone to visit the store's website, while 26% checked out a competitor's website. And finally, Canned Food UK has launched an iPhone app designed to promote canned food. Celebrity chef James Martin has been working with Grayling PR Agency to create the free app that includes more than 80 recipes and several video demonstrations. The app, called You Can Cook, aims to promote canned food as an ingredient or a snack in its own right, with benefits including convenience, versatility, nutrition and environmental sustainability. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show. As promised, we welcome back a good friend of the advertising show. Alex Mendlock is the award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, and talk show host, and senior editor of The Hollywood Reporter. Alex, welcome back. So glad to have you here. Thanks so much. Always a delight to be here. Yeah, Alex, let's, uh, let's move on into the movie box office for a moment and give us your thoughts. I'm certainly not only your thoughts, but your depth of knowledge about who won the holiday season. Well, you know, uh, looking back now, it's clear that there were some big surprises and some big misses. And uh, the Oscar award season, some of these are well-positioned to move forward and really capitalize as uh, they get these nominations. Uh, the biggest surprise clearly was True Grit. Here's a Western, a genre that typically doesn't do well, uh, with performances including Jeff Bridges that some people thought were not going to be for mass appeal. And yet it's a huge hit. Uh, far beyond what anybody expected. Paramount Pictures couldn't be more delighted and uh, getting a lot of attention. Little Fockers, the critics hated it, but audiences pretty much liked it. They didn't like it as much as some of the earlier ones in the Meet the Parents series, but it did pretty well. Tron Legacy wasn't quite as big as Disney might have hoped, uh, but, uh, you know, it's past $150 million domestic, and uh, it's done decently. Uh, the Fighter is a big surprise hit. Uh, Tangled, uh, the animated film from Disney, another big hit. Uh, and uh, some of the smaller pictures like Black Swan uh, has done more than expected. King's Speech, uh, you know, only in the 30 to 50 million range, but still pretty good. And among the misses, uh, one of the biggest misses of the year has to be How Do You Know. 
start Jack Nicholson, Reese Witherspoon, and a bunch of other big stars. And uh, I guess the question really is, what do you know? <laughs> because they knew nothing. They put out this movie. It was incredibly expensive. James L. Brooks, one of the great director-producers of our times, and it went nowhere. Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, also did okay, but nowhere near what they hoped. Another big flop, uh, DreamWorks Megamind, both domestically and overseas, a kind of a surprise. The Tourist uh, didn't do very well in the U.S., but it's a big hit overseas. That's Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie, a picture that some people uh, have said horrible things about, but uh, around the world, a big, big hit. Uh, not a big hit around the world was Gulliver's Travels. It didn't travel well at all. Uh, Jack Black, uh, I guess, is not uh, the big above the title movie star that he would like to be, because this one uh, got a black mark from audiences. Hmm. So, uh, from a technology standpoint, I'd like to get your thoughts on how you come down on 3D. Will this save Hollywood or or kill it, Alex? Well, so far it's saved it because what it does is add a premium price to tickets. A lot of the movie box office inflation of the past year or two has been due to higher ticket prices tied to 3D. And as long as you had a handful of films, and going back a year, Avatar was so good in 3D, but when you start putting everything in 3D, and some of them being put in 3D after the fact, they're actually shot in 2D, and then they have a process where they go back and make it look like 3D, it's not nearly as exciting. I recently saw the movie Green Hornet, and although uh, I think it's a box office hit, it didn't need to be in 3D. It could have been in 2D, and it would have been just as good a movie. Not every movie should be in 3D. Uh, and right now, a lot of movies are being forced to be in 3D in order to do box office. So what I'm saying is, for the right picture, it can be a big hit. But if they overdo it, and they ask people to pay 2 3 $5 extra per ticket, and they're not giving them a movie that's worth the extra money, the in movie industry could shoot themselves in the foot. So right now, it's promising, but, you know, like all good things, if you use too much of it, it could not be a good thing. Interesting. Well, let's move on to the small screen for a moment. Uh, wanted to get your highlights from this year's TV press tour, but before you do that, why don't you set up for our audience that may not be familiar with uh, the press tour and what it is, what its purpose is, who it is, et cetera. Well, twice a year, uh, the nation's movie critics and uh, a bunch of TV reporters gather together in the Los Angeles area. This year it was in a hotel in Pasadena. And for about two weeks, it used to be three weeks, they've actually shortened it up, uh, the major networks, cable services, uh, syndicators come and do presentations, sometimes for a whole day or sometimes for a couple of days, sometimes for only a couple of hours, depending on their size. So like on cable day, you might have three or four different cable networks whereas NBC will have two days or CBS will have two days just to themselves. So uh, this is a time when they roll out the executives and the shows, and it generates media and press, and you see stories in all your local newspapers and on all the kind of uh, Hollywood-oriented talk shows uh, about these people. And then at night they usually have parties that, again, are really a little masquerade for a form of a press conference because the actors come and stand around and all the media cluster around them and ask them more questions and the cameras come and take pictures. And the whole thing is really designed to generate a lot of publicity to boost these TV shows and uh, personalities going forward. And if I missed it, what was the date for this year's event? Uh, it's always, almost always the about the second week of January, first or second week of January, and then again in the first or second week of July. 
Well, uh, Ray, if we have time, we can have uh, Alex hit on the announcements, executive news, et cetera. We can hold that till next segment. Let's go ahead and hold that, and we'll take a break here on the Advertising Show with Ray Schillings, Brad Forsyth, and out of L.A., our, uh, one of our favorites here at the Advertising Show, Alex Benblock, the uh, award-winning entertainment industry journal- journalist, author, and commentator, and, of course, talk show host as well. So with Ray and Brent, we'll take a break. Come back in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hey, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. You taste seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian punch. Seven kinds of fruit. Glad you're here in a part of The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth as we continue uh, our conversation with Alex Ben Block. Uh, the entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, and talk show host, and senior editor at The Hollywood Reporter. Alex, uh, one question. Did you get uh, possibly your 3D uh, television set for the, for the house this, uh, this holiday season? I did not. Uh, we are buying a new flat screen, but I'm just going with a conventional uh, uh, LCD, just a high-quality TV. There's not quite enough 3D yet for me to spend all that extra money. It's just curious there. Thanks. Although I've seen the demonstrations, and, uh, you know, they, are, they could be pretty terrific. In the meantime, you got a good deal on a regular LCD, didn't you? Yeah, what, the prices were really great this holiday season, <laughs> uh, uh, down significantly from a year earlier. There you go. Brad, go ahead. Yeah, and by the way, if I was one of the networks, I'd send you one for free, Alex. And you, might, would, uh, you would think that. <laughs> yeah. But we wouldn't want to uh, mess up your yeah. sub, uh, objectivity here or, or, you know, bribe you or anything. So give us your highlights uh, from this year's press tour, Alex. Uh, well, there was a few. Uh, Oprah Winfrey came early on. Of course, she's been the queen of daytime TV. You know, we were talking before, what's the press tour like? And I loved her line. She came and said, the press tour is like being thrown to the wolves. Uh, But what she really was there was to talk about OWN, O-W-N, the new network that she owns half of, along with the Discovery Networks. And uh, she says it's a really big chore and a major job to launch a new venture like this, a whole network of programs. And uh, so uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, Fox showed up to uh, pitch the new American Idol and talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think, you know, the overview on this particular season has been that there were very, very, very few new shows that really performed at all. Uh, In fact, uh, it's kind of hard to name too many that were worth talking about. Uh, I mean, if you go back, I guess you could say Mike and Molly was maybe a hit, and Hawaii Five-0 at least got established, and Blue Bloods uh, on CBS, those are all on CBS. Uh, But for the most part, uh, most of the shows have been big flops. That certainly was the case with Fox. They had a show they put a lot of money into called Lone Star, which was, as they say, dead on arrival. Um, And so they have a bunch of new shows coming, but it's been a tough season. Uh, The good news at Fox was that their sophomore series, Glee, has been a huge surprise hit and has really become a phenomenon and has carried them. Uh, Other shows, uh, including Modern Family, uh, are doing well, which is a relatively new show, along with the staples, you know, like Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory, Dancing with the Stars, and Desperate Housewives. And one of the interesting announcements at the uh, press tour uh, was that ABC was renewing uh, a number of shows. Uh, They announced they were going to pick up Castle, Cougar Town, 
Gray's Anatomy, The Middle, Modern Family, and Private Practice will all return for the 2011-2012 season. But not on the list of renewals was Desperate Housewives and Brothers and Sisters. Hmm. I think Brothers and Sisters is probably all over. But Desperate Housewives is still a big hit. The problem is they got a lot of really expensive contract players, and they haven't closed those deals. And whether or not Desperate Housewives come back is going to depend on being able to do the show at a price they can afford. And it's not clear yet that's going to happen. You know, since you brought up Two and a Half Men, I understand Charlie Sheen is said to be facing concerns at CBS following a weekend bender in Las Vegas with an adult film industry performer recently. Any news on that? Have you heard about that, Alex? The only news I know is that after he went on the uh, bender, he showed up for work on Monday morning and knew his lines and uh, did fine. And that despite that and the other recent troubles he's gotten into in New York in a hotel room he trashed with another... uh, to put it kindly, adult film star, uh, doesn't seem to affect anything. His ratings are pretty darn good for that show and continue to be strong. But then again, maybe that's what people expect. Maybe that is his image. That's who Charlie Sheen is. He's the bad boy we love to enjoy. He plays that role on TV. He plays that role in real life. And uh, audiences seem to eat up. So if he somehow could stay out of jail, he'll continue to be a success. Speaking of staying out of jail, uh, earlier this year they had the uh, the dawn of the uh, the homeless man to uh, spokesperson for Kraft to many other things, Ted uh, Williams. And, of course, uh, his first uh, week of the year, I think it was, he ended up uh, talking to the police in L.A. after a skirmish at a hotel with one of his uh, daughters. Uh, What's, what's your take on, on, uh, on Ted and, and, and his future? I mean, I'm just curious about that. Well, you know, I, like the rest of America, wanted to love this guy. Here he is, homeless. He's got this great radio voice, and, and you're both radio guys, so I know you appreciate that he had spent many years in radio. And then because of drugs and alcohol and whatever else happened in his life, he uh, spiraled out of control and ended up homeless. And now here he gets a second chance. And in this media-saturated society, that's one of the both the good news and the bad news, in that the opportunity is there. So when his voice was heard, his story was told, it appeared he cleaned up his act, these great opportunities came along for him to come back and get lucrative work, and I was cheering for him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to a hotel with a, a family member and gets in a shouting match and gets out and picked up by the police. So uh, and now there, there were rumors following that that he was abusing substances again and drinking again and so forth. And uh, so, look, uh, I wish the guy well. I hope that uh, his comeback is successful. But uh, the history of things is, whether it's uh, horse races or people, people tend to follow form. Mm -hmm. And uh, what they are is what they are and what they are going to come back to. And even if there's a short period of calm, there's always another storm ahead. That's uh, that's interesting. To to wrap up this segment, you mentioned the uh, Oprah's own cable network. Is it too early to judge what's going on there? Is the ratings out yet? Uh, well, what's we have going the first uh, couple of weeks of ratings, and uh, people are sampling it. You know, she's getting some viewership. It's not uh, Oprah-sized ratings like she had on broadcast television. And, in fact, there are some people who have followed her for years on broadcast who are complaining that if they don't pay for cable TV, they can't watch her anymore or her shows. And she's not on that much. Most of the show's... It may be called Oprah's Network, but she's only on occasionally, and maybe after her show is over, her broadcast show in the fall, we'll see more of her. Uh, We see her occasionally now. Uh, So, you know, people are sampling it, and I would never underestimate Oprah. She has great taste. She's uh, survived for years. She seems to adapt to the situation. 
She's gone through multiple management changes already, uh, trying to get it right. So, uh, you know, if anybody can do it, it's probably Oprah, but it's not so easy to program a whole network and get people to show up and care. And we'll see if she can pull it off. Big undertaking. The advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, will continue the conversation with Alex Ben Block here in just a moment. Stay right here. Back with Alex Ben Block, the award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, and talk show host, and also the senior editor of The Hollywood Reporter, here with us here as we wrap up uh, the end of the month on the advertising show. Alex, great to have you back. Delighted to be here. Yeah, Alex, bring us up to date on the changing of the guard at CNN. I understand it's not gone as well as they'd like over there. Well, you know, CNN, after years of being the most important of the news networks, is now facing a situation where the Fox News Channel, like it or not, is by far the ratings leader and uh, the one who really sets the pace in cable news today. Uh, MSNBC has come up and really has become the number two network in terms of ratings and making money, and both of them depend strongly on personalities and point of view. Uh, So they attract an audience who, in my opinion, pretty much agrees with them. People want now to not watch everything, but they want to watch things that are in line with their personal point of view, and those networks deliver it. Then you have CNN, which is still trying to be all things to all people all over the world, and that turns out to be quite a struggle. And uh, right now they're going through some really significant changes. Of course, the biggest one, the retirement of Larry King. Now, I've known and followed Larry King. He actually was on radio in Miami years mm-hmm. ago when I was the entertainment editor of the Miami News. And uh, and then he had some problems and uh, later came back and worked his way back and became this giant star of uh, radio and television and then just television. And uh, the guy who did the interviews, and there's a lot of controversy among journalists about Larry King because he, on purpose, doesn't prepare anything. He says he wants to ask the questions the average guy would so while he, he's well-read on newspapers and current events and history, he doesn't really read the books or watch the movies before people come out. Anyway, I went to Spago, a fancy restaurant in Beverly Hills. They had a big party for his final night. Lots of his friends and family showed up. Larry made a triumphant entrance after his show uh, nearby at the CNN headquarters. Uh, and it was a gala night, and people really love Larry King because he asked the questions that make the celebrities happy. He doesn't make them uncomfortable. That's why for years... He's been the first stop for people who had tough stories to tell because they knew that he wouldn't ask them questions that would make them, you know, <laughs> feel like they were in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's gone. He's being replaced by Piers Morgan, who, uh, of course, a lot of us know as a, a celebrity judge on a show, uh, on entertainment shows here in the U.S., but he's been doing this kind of interviewing and news shows in the U.K. for some years. And uh, he's got a big job ahead of him. His new show is uh, started with Oprah Winfrey as his first guest, uh, some of the other early guests that he's had have been Howard Stern and uh, uh, George Clooney and some politicians, including Rudy, Giul- Rudy Giuliani and Mitt Romney, uh, entertainers like Kid, no- Kid Rock and Rod Stewart, and, of course, the ubiquitous Kardashians. They seem to be everywhere. <laughs> Someday somebody will tell me what it is they do, but I, I'm not quite clear. Yeah, right. And, of course, oh, yes. Donald Trump. So... Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a smart guy, he's got some personality, but he doesn't bring that strong point of view that you get from a Keith Oberman or you get from a Bill O'Reilly. And whether that's what people want to see or not has really become the question. It's not so much what he can do, but pe- what people want and what makes them comfortable today. And so CNN is, is struggling, and uh, no, you know, the number one struggle has been in this show 
uh, Parker Spitzer. Elliot Spitzer, of course, the uh, former governor of New York and uh, a uh, prosecutor uh, forced out of office after he was caught uh, with a prostitute. Uh, so he's kind of controversial. But he's a smart guy, and he knows his stuff, and he's been in government, and he's been a lawyer. And, uh, and then Kathleen Parker, who he's matched up with, who also is an experienced uh, on-air host and reporter. But the two of them never had very good chemistry, and, uh, and according to people behind the scenes, really don't like each other very much. And so uh, everybody's been kind of waiting for a shake-up on that show. Uh, it's unclear what's going to happen. But CNN has a big global operation, and if uh, some terrible news event happens tomorrow, their ratings will go through the roof again. The problem is when there aren't big news events, people aren't watching them the way they used to. And so CNN, under new leadership and with all these new faces, continues to struggle both with its formula and attracting an audience. Hmm. You know, uh, Alex, not so long ago, there were rumors about the possibility of the Playboy Mansion uh, having to been sold. And uh, many thought Hugh Hefner was down and out. But uh, at, at 84 years old, the founder of Playboy Enterprises, it looks, has been successful and taking his company private. I don't know about you, but at 84, I just hope to get out of bed. Uh, how, how did all this go down, Alex? Well, you know, i got to tell you, uh, Hugh Hefner is a mixed blessing, but i got to admire a guy, certainly at my age. I look at this guy who's uh, at least a generation older than I am, and I say he's uh, getting engaged to a, a girl who's about 60 years younger than him. <laughs> he's uh, taking the company he founded 60 years ago private, uh, in a big deal worth some $207 million. Uh, and the company's had a lot of problems, and we can talk about that more in a moment. But you've got to admire uh, the determination of this man at a time that other people would be in a retirement home with drool coming down their mouth. He's still hanging out with Playboy bunnies, and, and they tried a lot of stuff. Of course, the Playboy clubs, uh, most of them closed in the U.S., but there's still some around the world. And the Playboy brand is still strong, particularly outside the U.S. Here in the U.S., it's kind of played out. Uh, but uh, he believes in this brand, and much more so than stockholders and uh, the current corporate heads who've been literally dismantling the company, shutting it down piece by piece, closing things up. And so he stepped in and uh, offered uh, a premium. Uh, so let's give you Hefner credit and hope that he, uh, like Sumner Redstone, will live forever <laughs> and uh, that uh, he'll be uh, on his, uh, what is this, his fourth or fifth wife? By the time I'm ready to retire, he should be on number six or seven, shouldn't he? Just about like Larry King, right? Something right. like that, right? Exactly. Uh, Alex, we are actually out of time here at the advertising show. Brad, did you have uh, anything to add here? Just uh, wish you a happy new year, belated, and uh, onward and upward, Alex. Well, thanks so much, and uh, always good to talk to you guys. Uh, likewise, Alex, we'll have you back uh, very soon, hopefully, here at the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Well, Alex Ben Block, is always a pleasure to have you here at the Advertising Show. And, of course, you'll be uh, hearing Alex uh, throughout uh, 2011 as we invite him back as well. Sally Hogshead, who has uh, also been a frequent guest on the show, is with us next week. Sally, among other things, is author of a book called Fascinate. And uh, we'll be uh, happy to chat with her next week here at the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsythe. Advertising Show is being powered by Shipple.com and a platform called Tendency. And it's a great marketing platform. Check it out if you're looking to do some marketing, especially as it relates to social media. And the web here at the Advertising Show, Shipple.com is the place, okay? Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. 
Visit online at adage.com. The advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. And we will talk to you next week. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.